Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very exciting because I've had the loveliest week and I can't wait to tell you all about it because it's been the, it's just been a really good week. I'm so glad I came back to London a week before I started uni because I really feel like I needed that time to settle in and get my mindset in it before I started back at uni. You know how I said about proactively managing my stress for the last episode? Something that I'm doing is being more aware about like how things cause me extra stress and how I might need to change things to like adapt things so that I enjoy them more. And for example, if I have too much change at once, I get really overwhelmed and I end up just not enjoying anything. And so I've noticed for me, I need to kind of like tiptoe my way into things. So for example, it's not staying at home for an extra week, even though I probably wanted to. It's giving myself an, a week at home, like at L- London beforehand to kind of get used to London again and then get used to starting my course. It's like doing things in baby steps has been so helpful in making me feel more kind of okay with my surroundings. You know, I know it sounds a bit like silly, but being more aware of the things that make me feel really overwhelmed and thinking about how I can adapt my life to make sure that it kind of includes less of them or like they're less overwhelming on my life has been really really important and you know how I said like last week about proactively managing my stress another thing that I've actually been doing this week is I've been doing yoga and I've been meditating every day I've never done this before ever I've always said I would and I've never stuck to it because I know it's like silly things like I'll go onto Spotify and I won't be able to find the meditation and blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, I've wasted like half an hour just looking for something. And then I'm just like, well, what's the point of me doing it now? So then I just don't end up doing it. But I knew I wasn't really using my car map to its full like potential. And once I get into using something, then I'm quite good at sticking with it. And normally I just use the Calm app to help me go to sleep because I really struggle with sleeping. I think my mind is just whirring and it just thinks about so many different things. But having, doing these sleep meditations has been honestly life-changing. It really, really helps me go to sleep. I, I just feel so much calmer and less anxious going to sleep. So they've been really good. But they also do on it, these daily calms. Like, you know Jay Shetty from the Purpose podcast, things like called On Purpose. He has one in there as well called like the Daily J, which is about like wisdom. So they have four different things. There's like a daily calm, daily wisdom, like which is called the Daily J, daily um like stretch, I want to say. And then there's another one. I can't remember the other one. But there's four different things that like you get a new one every single day. And the daily meditation is what I've been doing as my meditation every single day. And it's been interesting because it's not necessarily a guided meditation, which is what I usually do. It's more of like you deep breaths and like you're kind of, it's more like quiet and then they'll like say things about the day and stuff. But it's not necessarily like breathe in, two, three, four, I'll do three, four, I'll do three, four. And I think it's been good to challenge myself to do it because I really struggle with doing it because I get so bored I get so bored, but making myself sit still for 10 minutes every day, let me tell you, it's been a challenge, but it's been a good challenge. And I am glad that I've done it because I do actually feel really happy. I had a moment yesterday where I was just like, I'm actually maybe the happiest I've ever been, ever, ever. Like my life right now is so good and it makes me emotional to think about it. And so I'll take you through what I did yesterday. So I went to one of my 
very lovely friend from uni is very very smart and she won an award for like her dissertation and so we went to the Royal Society of Biology conference thing at the House of Commons so she could accept her award and she's like do you want to come with me and I was like yes I want to come with you so I went with her and her boyfriend and it was so much fun we got to go in the House of Commons you have like a full security check when you go in I got a visitor's badge which I may have kept as a souvenir but let's keep that quiet i got a visitor's badge which had like my name on it and my university and it was so exciting and then we went through and the house of commons is huge i've never been before and it's massive but that's like a bucket listing that i've ticked off of london things because did you know a lot of london things well this is such an obvious fact a lot of london things are really expensive but the tower of london london the tower of london costs 30 quid to enter it i'm not doing that I can't afford that. I can't afford that at all. So I was pretty excited to be able to go for free. And you walk in and there's like so many statues and everything. It's honestly like Hogwarts. I wouldn't be surprised if she took some inspo from it for Hogwarts because the similarities, there is a lot of similarities. And how exciting is this? So we went to, so we were in the House of Commons and we're in the terrace area and you can see the bar next to it, and apparently it's like the cheapest bar in London. The MPs have made their pints so ridiculously cheap. I'm going to Google it now, but I think it's like, it's really, really cheap. MPs pints in the House of Commons. Let's see how much it is. £3.50. £3.50 for a full pint, which is very cheap for London. That's like Scarborough prices. Um, And it was just next to that. But... There was a free bar all night, which was incredible. And I was talking to so many interesting people. And I was just like, I'm literally just here because of Ellie. So they'd be like, oh, did you win an award? And I'd be like, nope, (laughs) I'm just tagging along. Um, But it was so interesting to hear about what everyone's research was doing. One lady had been researching about the impact of a mother's nutrition on um, developing autism. And because her son got diagnosed with autism and she was really interested in this topic and what she realised from her research, which there was actually no link between a mother's nutrition and a child's development of autism. And that a lot of the work was actually quite harmful towards autistic people. It was all about preventing autism rather than helping like, live with autism. So it's quite invalidating to the people who had autism. Um, and so that was really interesting to hear about. Another lady was... Another woman had done research into the impact of um, fasting and the ketogenic diet on chemotherapy. And they found out that, that, I don't know if I'm meant to say all of this. I think I am. I don't think it would really matter that like if you did fast, that you would be like you, the chemotherapy is able to work better because when you fast for a long period of time, your body's kind of end up, your cells and your body go to sleep for a bit. And when they end going into the sleeping state, the cancerous cells don't go into the sleeping state, but the non-cancerous cells do. And so that means that only the cancer cells, because they're the only ones developing, they're the, they're the only ones targeted by the chemotherapy. And so it really, really helps the chemotherapy. It helps it target it way more effectively. And I found that really, really interesting. And so me and Ellie realised that we should probably have read up on our dissertations before this uh, award ceremony. But, you know, never mind, <laughs> never mind. 
and so it was a good good day and then we ended up going to the pub and it was raining and I looked like a wet dog but you know afterwards I was just I was walking home and I was smiling and I don't know what I was listening to I was probably listening to like Taylor Swift not gonna lie that is a drunk that just honestly I'll put on Taylor Swift and I'll be like I am in a montage of a film I put I have a I right guilty guilty secret just between us really hope my boyfriend's not listening I have a solid, I have a playlist for when I'm drunk, so I feel like I'm in a movie of a scene. Because when you're on the tube and you listen to music, I don't want to be scrolling between songs. I want it to be like, bam, 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 like these are the songs I want to listen to. And it's always the same songs that I want to listen to, pretending I'm in a drunk, no, pretending I'm in like a film montage. And it came on and I was just like, this was such a lovely train journey home. I felt so happy. I was smiling ear to ear. Like there, I was so happy. I was so happy. And like I read my messages this morning. (laughs) I'm such a drunk messenger. You know how some people are really good at not drunk messaging people? I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? done they're never bad things but I'm more just like I love you so 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 much you're my bestest friend in the entire world because I just I just feel so happy and I'm so glad I didn't go on my Instagram stories because that would have been embarrassing but came back and I was like obviously I sent a couple of messages to my nearest and dearest and I read them back this morning I was like you know what not even cringing at myself because I do One of them was like, I feel like we've created such a... Let me read. Let me read it to you all. Because I feel like... Oh, Oh, I had an awful moment there. I thought my phone wasn't on record. That would have been disgusting. I think I would have cried. I always get really nervous that my phone's going to be connected to um, my headphones and I'm going to record the podcast through my headphones and only realise last minute. That's a very real fear, fear of mine. But here we go. I feel like I'm... I love you loads, so glad I've met you, honestly feel so happy with the life we've created in London, it's so lovely, and I just was like, yeah, it is so lovely, my life right now is great, and I'm so happy with the people I've got surrounding me, I feel like I've never really had proper, proper, proper friends, like, let's get vulnerable for a second, Um, I feel like I've never really had proper friends, being honest, you know, as I'm saying this, I've just found a little piece of red nail varnish that looks like a love heart, so maybe this is a good moment, but... I feel like I've always struggled to make friends and I don't really know why. I remember having this conversation with my mum and I was like, I think I'm a nice person. Like, I think I'm a good friend and like, I think I'm like nice and I don't really know why I've struggled to make friends. I don't think I've, I've never had massive fallings out with anyone or anything like that. And then I've just struggled to make them. I just haven't met the right people. That's what it felt like. It didn't feel like it was because of something I was doing. It just felt like I hadn't put myself in the right positions to meet people who were similar to me. And then finally, I've put myself in a position where I am able to meet people similar to me. And I've found really nice friends. And I think when you've been lonely and when you haven't really found, like, your people or people that you, like... I always... I know, right, this is another silly thing. Because I'm hungover, this is going to be an emotional podcast. I'm telling and predicting it now. But because I... I always felt like I found friends through people. I never really found friends on my own. And I know it's silly, and I know they are still your friends when you find them through people, but I've met people through my boyfriend, and they always felt like his friends first, which, because they are. And similar when I've met other people through other people's friends, they've always felt like their friend first, because they are. They've never felt like my friend first. And I don't know why, it kind of made me... It made me feel lonely, felt quite lonely last year was quite a lonely year for me 
especially because everyone was out doing so many things and I just feel like I didn't really have I've never had that friendship group to go and do loads of things with I had my boyfriend and my friend like I had like individual friends and I had my family and it was enough and I'm really happy with what I had but now I have like actual proper friends here and I don't have loads I literally probably know maybe 10 more people than I did before and reality is I probably have three more close friends than I did before but it's just being able to meet those people on my own and make them on my own make those connections on my own has been really important for my like confidence and happiness and realizing that how much good there is in the world and this kind of like because when I came back last night I was just like I'm so happy like I've done it I've never been this happy before there's always been something that's holding me back there's always been a thing that's been not right like it's either been a bad relationship or a bad friendship or bad mental health or struggling at uni or not enjoying my job or living at home like it's never been great and now I'm realising how great my life what is. Because I think for the first time there isn't any of those things. And for so long I was thinking like, oh, the podcast isn't working. Oh, the um, I don't have much money at the moment and stuff. And I'm realising that, okay, the podcast is working. Because it's it's like I'm, I'm meeting so many people. People are actually listening to it. Like things are exciting, things are coming from it. And the podcast page is growing. It might not be growing at the speed of light. might not be like overnight a thousand trillion followers. But it is growing slowly but surely. And that's enough in itself. And okay, I don't have loads of money. I can't do loads of things at the moment. I can't go on holiday. I can't afford all of these different things. But I am... I have enough money to survive... I am living in a house that I feel really comfortable with. I can afford food. I can afford my bills. I can afford my rent. I can afford to go for the odd pint. Like, I can afford to go and see my boyfriend in Manchester. I'm very lucky. And I worry quite a lot about money. It stresses me out. And I realise I need to stop letting that stress dominate over everything. Because it's not... It's It could be so much worse. I really need to appreciate the position that I'm in right now and realise that it's not the end of the world. And that I think because I've always had a job and I've always been earning money, it's quite hard when you're now in a position where you're not earning money and not having an income because obviously I'm a student. And so that's been like a tricky... And obviously like last term I was working for the calling job and now like it's like nothing. But I need to realise that that's okay because this is not forever. This is just as I'm a student, that's literally, it's just whilst I am at a student lifestyle, you know, and that it is all going to be okay. And realising this and actually being really positive and doing the things from our mindset every day, doing the yoga, doing the meditation, doing the gratitude books, good things are happening again. I think I'm seeing it more. And I think also I'm realising how much my perspective on things impacts my mindset and impacts the good things that happen because these things might have been happening before but I just wasn't appreciating them anyway I've kind of gone off on a massive massive ramble for the life update but let me do more life updates you think so I'll take you through the week so what did we do Monday started back at the gym I'm back I am back and I love it forgot how much I loved it I spent so much on the tube this week that I don't even want to think about it and I think I'm going to go for a run later because purely to use my travel card because if I don't then I've wasted my travel card um but I'm going to go and it's going to be great and I'm excited actually okay no confession time I'm not going to go realistically I'm not going to go I'm more hungover than I think I am I'm not horrifically hungover but I'm like too hungover to go pull a machine. But I'm going to go for a run 
in my new trainers, which is exciting. And that was really good. So yeah, I've started back at the gym. I feel really good about it. I feel good about myself again. I feel healthier. I'm sleeping better. My, like, it's a nice feeling when I feel like I've used my body. It feels good. Like, that's something that makes me feel really good. I don't know why, but it's just like, I feel less twitchy. I can't describe it, but I feel like because of the ADHD, I feel like sometimes so much energy is pent up in my body. And so I just need to run. Or I just need to feel really tired in my body. And that's been a really good thing. So I did that and then did some work. It's been sunshiny here. And then on Wednesday, me and Ange went to the National Wildlife Exhibition in the National History Museum, which although it is last year's one, I would recommend going now because it's so empty, because everyone's been, because it's about to end. And also all of the things are on half price, all of the gift shop things. So I got so many photos, you know, the little postcards. I'm going to hang them up today. Oh, I might go to Ikea tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to go to Ikea tomorrow. That's a good idea. But anyway, sorry, I got distracted. Um, And it was so good. And I really enjoyed it. I've never been to a photography exhibition before. And it was a bit expensive. It was like 13 quid. But it was at the National History Museum, which I love. And it was in South Kensington, which is really pretty. It's expensive, but it is pretty. You can't deny it. It is like the white buildings are lovely. Um, And the architecture is really nice. And it was a sunny day. And it was warm. And I was wearing my new skirt, which I got for £2.50 in a charity shop. Um... And it was just, it just felt like a great day. My favourite photo, we had, me and Ange had two favourite ones. There was one where, like, some of the children were incredible. Like, some of the kids' photo exhibitions that they'd put in, like, not exhibitions, photo entries they put in, were incredible. One year, one of my mum's friends won. How mad's that? Kids, that is. One of my mum's friends' kids won. Um which is crazy, but a lot of the photos were incredible, and it was really interesting to go around and see the different awards, and see which ones actually won, you know, there was so, I, oh, I nearly spent £12 on a whale keyring, and it's made me quite sad that I didn't, to be honest, I might regret it, I can't lie, it was so a little crocheted whale or little keyring and I really need a new keyring and I have a monkey on my keyring that's crocheted and I would really 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 like a little blue whale or any whale to be honest not a killer whale anything but that one I don't like those ones they're too evil they eat dolphins and I read this story about the one that like stabbed the shark did you read that right let me tell you quick 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 break from conversation but it was about these killer whales in I think it was Australia I fully made that up. I actually have no idea where it was, but it was somewhere. But that's not the interesting part of the stories. And these killer whales were going along, finding great white sharks. I feel like I've already spoken about this. I'm going to tell you again. Great white sharks and attacking them, piercing them exactly where their liver is with their teeth, biting them like that, and then be like, and sucking their livers out. I'm sorry, killer whales are actually psychopaths of the sea. That's crazy, that's terrifying, terrifying. And after my last experience of what I told you about the TikTok video about um, the whales that got attacked by 40 killer whales, I can't have one. Any other type of whale I'll accept though. So if you guys know anywhere where I can get one, for less than, for like, for like £6 I'd pay. I really, really want one and I think it'd be really cute and a very good addition to my life and I just need it, to be honest. So that's going to happen. 
Other life updates that are happening. Oh, well, House of Commons, obviously, had a great time there. Thursday, I... Oh, no, it was Thursday yesterday. That was House of Commons Day. Today, I have been hungover in bed, but I have applied for a job. And that's exciting. I also didn't get the other job, which is a bit sad. But we've spoken about this on Instagram a lot of us, and it's okay. Um, I got declined it, and it's fine. I did feel sad about it initially. Um, but I've just realised I'm going to need to apply to so many different things and it probably wasn't well suited to me. And I think it's important to listen to those feelings that you get when you don't get something you thought you really wanted. Try and work out why. Why don't you Why don't you feel as distraught as you thought you were going to feel? What's the implications of that? And I think that's really interesting to kind of start thinking about because the reality is I didn't feel that sad. I didn't feel... I did feel sad, obviously I wanted it, but I didn't feel absolutely heartbroken. And then you'd start tuning into that feeling about why didn't I feel absolutely heartbroken? What was it about the job that wasn't really right? And then, so didn't get the job, but we're okay about it. It's I don't know why I'm saying we're, as if we are collectively all upset about my job, me not getting it. No, I know it's just me, but I am okay about it. And it's okay not to get these things and it's just it is what it is isn't it and then on Sunday I'm going to this really intense play with Ange we're going to go see a little life but plot twist I'm sat on the stage and I am nervous I can't lie I am nervous I am sat on the stage and it's meant to be a really traumatic play and I'm unsure if it's going to be really great or really terrifying um but the tickets are only 25 quid, so we're going to see, and I'll report back next week. But it's a little bit scary. I am quite nervous about it, I can't lie. But then, oh, just going to have a nice day today, chill, and hopefully mentally prep myself. But anyway, this week we are talking about regret. Because it's something that I've been thinking about more and more. As things don't go right in my life, or as they do go right, but it's not the direction I thought, and like things don't work out in the way that I thought they were going to work out, it's made me think a lot about regret and a lot about where I want to be going, where I think about regret in terms of the things I've done and what things I do regret and whether it's actually regret itself that I'm feeling or whether it's something else and it's something that I want to talk about because I don't think it's a thing we talk a lot about, especially regret at quite a young age because it's kind of, I know we're so young, oh, you shouldn't have any regrets yet, like, it's fine, you're too young to have regrets, but there are things that I've done that I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that and then... I listened to that podcast by Chris Williamson, Diary of a CEO, and it was so good and it was so interesting and he said something really interesting about regret and it's kind of just sparked this whole thing inside my head that I want to talk about. So anyway, onto the content part of this week's podcast. But if I could ask one favour of you, I know I've asked it every week, but guys, we're so close to through 4,000 subscribers. Please, please subscribe to the podcast. It makes a massive difference. If I want to do work with the podcast, it's these types of metrics that people look at. And it means that I can do more exciting things. And I really, really appreciate it. So if you could, then I would love that. Thank you. But anyway, on to the content part of this week's podcast. So this week we're talking about regret. When you Google what regret is, it's described as the emotion of wishing one had made a different decision in the past because the consequences of the decision one did make were unfavourable. Regret is related to perceived opportunity. And I think what's really interesting about that is it's a perceived opportunity. Regret is solely linked to your idea of what a separate outcome would have resulted in. But there's actually no facts in that. I watched a TikTok video recently and it was about how the past and the present are solely just thoughts. They're just what you can remember. They're not 
actuality, like they're not actual things in themselves. They're just thoughts that you can have about the past and about the present. They're not real right now. The only thing that is real is the present. And so it's interesting when you think about regret as a perceived opportunity, that it's something that we are convincing ourselves would have worked out a separate way because we wanted that different outcome. And it's something that I really wanted to talk about today because it's been something that I have been thinking about. When I've been looking at different jobs and different things that I want to do with my life, I started having a bit of a thing of like, should I have done this master's? I've loved it. The teacher's been incredible. I've really enjoyed it. Like, don't get me wrong. It's been great and I wouldn't change it. But it was like, has it really hurt? What if I don't want to be that person anymore? What if I don't want to be an epidemiologist? It's really interesting. You know how you're like the fate of people that you meet. I met someone last night at this um like mixes. There was like a networking event afterwards. And it was, I was talking to this man whose son had worked in like computer screen. Like he'd been doing something like what I do, epidemiology. And he'd been doing it for about eight, ten years. He'd done really, really well at it. And then he'd quit his job and moved to South America and had a midlife crisis because he'd suddenly realised there is more to life than looking at a computer screen. That he doesn't want to do that forever. That doesn't make him happy. That's not what makes him feel successful and feel like he's having a good a good life. It didn't make him feel like he's having a good life. And so he quit his job. And now he manages an organic bar in the south in southeast London. And he lives on a farm and he's doing all of these other things and he is the happiest he has ever been being a bar manager. And now he's thinking about ways that he can develop this bar and he's with people all the time and he loves his life. And then about a month or so ago, I had this I had this really vivid dream and I keep feeling like I'm getting signs from the universe about what I'm meant to be doing and that that internship would have just been so wrong for me on so many levels because this dream that I had, I've probably spoken about this already because it's been quite like a monumental dream, I want to say. Like, it's been important for me. It's really been impactful. And so the dream was about that I was... I was interviewed for this company and they wanted me to be an epidemiology statistician. And I think it it was a really good job. I loved it and everything. And I got offered the job. And then when they offered me the job, they were like, yeah, and you'll be sat in front of the computer screen day in, day out. You'll just be doing stats. And I had this realisation of what my day-to-day life would be, would be me doing stats on my own in a room, looking at computer screen. And I just felt this feeling of dread. And I knew I couldn't take the job. And I knew I'd be so unhappy if I took it. And I just had to say, thank you so much for the offer. I really appreciate it. And I've loved learning about you and your company. But I just don't think I'm the right fit. And I don't think it's right for me. Um, so I'll have to leave this. And that was a very interesting like turning point moment for me because it made me realise how when I'm doing this job searching, when I'm looking for things, I need to be making sure I'm picking things that are in alignment with the things I actually enjoy, not just what I think I should enjoy. And I think although maybe the masters might, it's not exactly, it's not totally communications based. It's not which like the things I'm more naturally good at. When you look at the things I've done in my free time, the podcast, kind of the different clubs that I've joined, that type of thing. When you look at those things that I've done in my free time, it's not been those that have kind of, I haven't gone forward with those in my academic ways. Like I haven't chosen to do those. 
but I'm now realising that that's okay because the masters in itself has taught me so many different things. But I did feel almost a little bit regretful about it, that I should have chosen things that are more suited to the things that I really enjoy and the things that I'm really good at. And so when I've been looking at the job search, when I've been like actually thinking about the different things that I want to do, prioritising these things that I naturally enjoy when looking for a job sounds so simple, but you think you're on this path that you have to be on, you think you're on these things that you have to do, slowly realising that you don't have to do them, that you don't have to do any of them, that you can literally do anything, has been very freeing and it's made me feel a lot less regretful. And Because when I got didn't get that job, guys, I didn't feel, I felt sad that I didn't get it. I felt more sad that I didn't have a plan. I didn't feel that distraught that I didn't get it and I suddenly realised that that life wasn't for me and I realised that that regret about choosing that option I couldn't live with. And this was something that was really interestingly and very well said on the podcast. Someone else, they quoted someone else and I can't remember who they quoted and I've gone through and I can't find it again. But on that podcast, the Chris McWilliamson one with Diary of a CEO, he mentioned Stephen, like, or Chris, I can't remember. I think it was Chris, spoke about how regret is the decisions that you can live without. Regret are the things that you knew you could live without. And it kind of stuck with me because on a lot of these things that we regret, for example, me regretting doing my master's, not necessarily doing it, but like, did I pick the right course? I couldn't have lived with the choice of not doing it. So even though it might not have worked out, even though the perceived opportunity of doing something else might have been better in the long run, not necessarily, but might have been better in the long run, I couldn't live without doing this one. This master's was literally all I ever wanted to do. And I knew I'd be devastated if I didn't end up doing it. And so, although it wasn't necessarily exactly what I think I need now, I don't regret doing it because I couldn't have lived without doing it, you know? And it's regret in a different sense of the thought of not doing it, I'd regret that so much more than doing it because this master's has given me so many other things. And I think that's also it. It's the decisions that you make, they don't always... It's not always the immediate result that is the thing that's most valuable. Yes, the master's is incredibly valuable. It's going to really help me get jobs. It's made me network with so many people. Like, I've really enjoyed it. But it allowed me to move to London. It allowed me to be the happiest I have ever been. It's allowed me to meet incredible people. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And I don't think, and I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't have done the master's. I couldn't have just moved here. I needed to move here for the Masters. Well, you could have just moved here, but I don't know why I could just couldn't. I needed to move for something like the Masters. And so I don't regret doing it. And I think I think other periods of times in my life when I have experienced regret, when I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have gone to Leeds, maybe I should have gone somewhere else for uni, maybe I should have done a different undergrad. In the moment... When I was deciding those things, I couldn't have decided any other decision. Like, I think this is the thing with regret. You think you missed a perceived opportunity. You think you missed something. But the reality is, is that you didn't miss it because in that moment, you couldn't have picked, you made the right decision in that moment. And this is something I always try and remember myself when things haven't gone to plan, when I've picked something and it hasn't gone right, when I've done holidays before and it's just not been what I thought it was going to be. It's easy to regret your decisions. It's easy to think you could have done it perfectly right the first way around. But the reality is you probably wouldn't have done it perfectly right. There'd have been other things that have gone wrong that you can't perceive because you never did it. And I think that's important to remember. 
It's all about your perception of what an opportunity is. And in hindsight, you can perceive an opportunity perfectly. You can describe every single thing you'd have done to make that perfect outcome scenario. But when you're in the moment, you can't perceive everything that's going to happen because you have no idea what's going to happen. That's why you're making a decision because you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to decide something to see what's going to happen. And so in that moment, although it is hard, you've got to remember that you don't know everything. And when you're looking back, you know everything. So of course, it's easier to create a perceived opportunity that's so much better than the actual opportunity that would have been there had you have done that. And also, when you're making that decision, it was the best thing you could have decided at that moment. You couldn't have decided anything else better. And nothing else would have worked. That was the only thing that you think you could have done. And so it's really important to remember that. And when I'm making decisions now at the moment, even if these decisions don't, even if they're not the perfect outcome, even if they don't make it, even if I don't end up doing all the things I really want to do, that's okay. Because right now I'm making the decisions that are in most alignment with what I think I want to do and what I think I can do and what's going to make me happiest. And you've got to have some trust and faith in yourself. I think you've really got to remember that you are making the best decisions that you can for yourself. Okay? You don't have all the answers. You don't even have all the questions. Okay? You don't know everything. You just take in every day as it comes, each decision as it comes, and you're reevaluating each time. And you're gaining more and more and more and more knowledge. And with that, you can make better decisions, but you're not always going to make perfect decisions. You're only human, and everyone's only human. And I think this has helped me a lot when dealing with regret. It's like you're only human and also it's never too late. You deal with regret because you think you've lost a perceived opportunity. But just because that perceived opportunity has passed, it doesn't mean that you can't get it back. It doesn't mean that you can't reroute to something else. It doesn't mean that you can change the course of your direction. It literally takes one decision to change the course of your direction of your life forever. I did a TikTok that kind of went a bit viral and lots of people liked it. And it was where I was saying that... You can literally change the course of your life by making one decision. And I think this is the thing so many people... I saw someone had commented being like, my biggest regret is leaving London. But the thing is, you can come back. And I know it's not always that easy, and I know there's a lot of other things that can go along with it, but it's never too late to make a decision that takes you back to the path that you originally wanted to go on. Hindsight is such a brilliant opportunity to see things in a clearer way, to see things that you really wanted, to see things you now realise you can't live without. But it's in hindsight that we get these things. And that's why it's okay to be able to go back on yourself and make other decisions and not feel so caught in your ways and stubborn. I think that's what I'm realising more and more is that I need to be less stubborn about things because it's holding me back from going back and being like, you know what, I got this wrong. I picked the wrong decision. I don't regret it because by picking that wrong decision, it made me realise that this was the right decision. And I might not have realised it if I've gone into it straight away. But breaking that, picking that made me realise it was wrong and that's enough in itself. And I think that's another way to look at all of these decisions that we regret. It's only through knowing how bad that that was that you realise how good something else was. I just, I just don't think regret is a healthy way to go down. But I never knew why and I never knew why I didn't agree with regret. And through talking through regret here on the podcast, I think I just really want it to be... The fact that it's all about perceived opportunity, I think, is really important because ultimately you can't predict anything that's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. And I think a lot of us are coming up to periods in our life where we're about to make big life choices. Like, should I have moved to London? Should I not move to London? Should I move abroad? Should I not move abroad? 
what job should I do? Like all of these decisions I'm making are decisions that could have a lot of regret associated with them if I make the wrong one. And that's been making the decisions quite intense. It's been making me feel a bit nervous about them. It's been making me wonder if I am on the right path, if I'm not on the right path, do I regret doing what I'm doing? But I'm trying to take a deep breath and realise that in these moments, when I make that decision, I can't regret it. I can't hate on myself for making it. I can't be totally dissatisfied with the decision because it was the decision that I made. It was the best case scenario I could have made at that point in my life with the limited information that I had. And it's recognising that you do have limited information, that you don't know everything, that you don't know everything that's going on and that that's okay. It's okay not to know everything that's going on. It's okay to find it really overwhelming. But I think it's realising that hindsight gives you that perspective and that by picking the wrong thing it's not something that you should necessarily regret because you by picking the wrong thing you became aware of the right thing and that is equally important regret makes you realize the things that you need to prioritize in your life because it emphasizes the different things that are important to you and that's really important as well I think I think a lot about my life like the decisions I'm going to make and how things aren't going to go to plan But maybe the fact that they don't go to plan is the plan. Things aren't meant to go all perfectly, you know? If everything went perfectly, it would be a very boring life. We'd have no stories to tell, okay? So I know it's scary picking decisions. I know it's scary not knowing what to do. It is scary. And I'm filled with regret about... No, like, filled with the fear of regret. That's what scares me. Am I going to regret this in the future? But I think message to future me is that... We made the best decision with the information that we had at the time. Right now you're in the future and you're able to perceive the opportunity with all of the information and answer all of the questions. But right now we don't have that. So we're just going to have to make the best decision with what we have and we're just going to have to hope for the best. And if it doesn't work out, then it'll work out in another way. If it doesn't go to plan, then you'll still have gained something from it because you'll realise that it doesn't go to plan. You'll be recalibrating on what you really want in life. This kind of links to last week's episode about rejection being redirection, but when things don't go to plan, when you make a decision that you do regret, it makes you realise things that are important. And I think, I know with mistakes it's sometimes harder because you can regret doing something and like, that was that was a bad thing that I did, like I shouldn't have done that. And I'm not saying that they weren't mistakes, I think actually I hadn't really thought about it like that, that could be a bit misleading. I mean in like decisions, I don't mean mistakes where you've hurt people. But perhaps... We all have to make these mistakes in order to realise those flaws in our characters, in order to realise things that we need to work on. And I'm not saying you have to hurt people. That sounds terrible. You need to hurt people in order to realise your own flaws. I don't mean that. But I mean, I think everything that goes wrong, you can make right. You can make it into a a good thing in the end. It's never too late. That's what I really want you all to realise, because it's taken me so long to realise this. You it's never too late, one of my big, I do a lot of like the mantra meditations, because I find them more entertaining for my brain, it's where you like, you breathe in, and you think of something, and you breathe out, and you think of something, so mine used to be like, let go, and another one that I always used to write down was like, it's never too late, and I have time, it's never too late, and I have time, and I used to say this over to my over, and over, and over to myself, because it is never too late, and you do have time, 
You have time to go back and make the right decision. You have time to learn from your mistakes. You have time to create a life you love. And it's okay if it doesn't happen instantly because you're going to learn things from those things that don't go to plan. You know? So if you're sat there filled with regret about the decision that you made, sit down and write out the things that you feel regretful for. And then ask yourself what you learned from those experiences that didn't go to plan. What would you now, what do you have in your life now that you wouldn't have if they had gone to plan? You know? What are the things that have kind of redirected your life that make you realise that regret, although it's a painful thing to go through, you've got to realise that in those moments, that was a decision you could live without and you couldn't live without the other thing. And that's why you chose it. And I think that's a really important way to kind of rephrase it around in your mind. It's the decisions you could live without. And you've got to realise that although feeling sad and anxious and overwhelmed and kind of regretful about the things that you've decided to do, in that moment, you could do without it. And that's why you chose the thing you're on now. But it doesn't mean it's too late to go back. It doesn't mean any of that at all. It just means to stop being so hard on yourself for picking it. Thinking you've missed this perfect opportunity. You, in hindsight, can see everything, okay? But in the moment, you can't see it at all. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. <laughs> New things that I've done this week, obviously I've mentioned about the um, exhibition that I went to the Natural History Museum and the play that I'm going to on Sunday. I've started saying yes to more things, you know. I've started saying yes, pushing myself out there, not saying no because I'm nervous, just saying yes because I'm excited to meet new people, that friends are just strangers you haven't met yet. You know? No, that was the wrong way around. The strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. And so I've started saying yes to more things. The gym, as I said, I've implemented more of a routine, yoga, meditation. Those things have been really important in helping me control my stress and my anxiety. And also, other thing, I watched the Boston Marathon bombing documentary on Netflix and it's really good. Really, really good. Would definitely recommend that. I've really enjoyed it. Me and my housemate's boyfriend were chatting about it because they watched it before me and they really liked it as well. So that was a really good watch. And other things that I've been doing... Oh, apparently Beef's meant to be really good on Netflix. I haven't watched it. My boyfriend's watched it with his flatmate and he said it was really funny. Um, So I might watch that this weekend. But realistically, this week has been a reset week of me trying to get back on top with my life. And it's been good, you know? I feel like I am back on track with things. My care form for my ethics approval. It did just get refused, but it is on its way to being accepted. And that's all that matters. We're on the way. And like I've applied for a job. And so life is going good. But those are the new things mainly is starting a good routine again in my life because I really, I really didn't have one. I need to start a bedtime routine next. This week has been implementing my morning routine. Next week we'll be implementing a nighttime routine. I'm going to start going to bed earlier. She says every week. I actually am this week, guys. I actually am. Promise. All right. Anyway, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. It honestly means the world to me. I don't think you guys realise how special I think the podcast is. I'm really, really grateful for you being here. I hope you're okay and I hope you're having a lovely week and I can't wait to speak to you soon. Make sure you follow me on TikTok and on Instagram at you've got mail and score part so we can interact more. And please reply to the little question box at the bottom about what you thought of this episode because I love hearing your guys' thoughts. But anyway, Have a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. I love you. Bye. Okay, we're going to the question part of this week's podcast, but I've just had the electric blanket on and I'm slowly but surely overheating. But anyway, there's some really interesting questions for this week's podcast. So let's let's have a little look. Let's have a little look. 
How do you learn to unlove someone? Time. You give yourself time. I always find relationships really weird when you're going through a breakup because it's like, or like a friendship breakup. When, you're, when you lose someone that you're meant to be close with, all of a sudden you're not meant to love them anymore and it's like, okay, well, it's meant to leave straight away and it just doesn't leave straight away. But I think you've just got to give yourself time. It's not going to be an instant thing and there's going to be things that you remember about people from your past that stick with you forever, you know? Little facts that I have about people. And does that mean that I still care about them? I don't know. I don't still care. I don't I don't know, you know? I don't know how to explain it. But give yourself time and focus your activities on something else. Focus yourself. Focus on yourself. Focus on learning to love yourself. I think that really helps. That's been something that's helped me anyway. Is when I've been needing to, un- like to unlove someone. Learning how to unlove someone. Think it's a constant daily thing, but really focusing my love on myself and realizing why I shouldn't really love them, and then giving yourself time, because slowly but surely you'll realize that you haven't thought about them anymore. You'll realize a whole year's gone past where you haven't think even thought, and then it's kind of like, well, it's time, isn't it? I think time is the biggest healer. It really, really is the biggest healer. How do you cope with the anxiety that comes with thinking that you'll get your current choices in the future? I feel like this was. You know, something really silly I've realised on a couple of the podcasts. I'm like, this was so relevant to the podcast topic. Yes, because I post the podcast topic in the question box. But, you know, we move. Anyway, sorry. That's a really good question. And I think you live, you cope with the anxiety that comes with thinking you'll regret your current choices in the future and knowing that you made the best decision. Oh, that, why'd they have to go by then? You made the best decision that you could in that moment with the information that you had. You to continue on your personal device. Oh, didn't know that was clicking on. Um, You made the best decision that you could in your current mental state with the current information that you had. Like, I think about things that I regret. I got this award and I didn't go and collect it and I regret not going to collect it. But then I remember I was going through a breakup. I was in the middle of lockdown. No, it was like probably like the end of lockdown. My headspace was not great. I wasn't really thriving at that point. And so it's really easy right now in hindsight when I'm in a good headspace to look back and be like, I should have done that. But in that moment, I couldn't do that. And I could live without it because what was more important to me was prioritising my headspace. So I think realising that looking forward, the regret that you have for different things, the regret that you'll have for your future, for the current decisions that you're making now, you need to be kind to yourself and realise that you're making the best decisions that you can. How do you deal with guilt over your own actions? I think, first off, making sure that you made everything okay. A real, genuine apology. Being genuinely sorry for things. And realising that once they've forgiven you, then you can start on the journey to forgiving yourself. But I think it's really important to realise that if you're feeling guilty, you're probably seeking forgiveness from something. Seek that forgiveness, say a true, genuine apology, not just to alleviate your guilt, but also to make amends with the person. And then slowly but surely, you can start to forgive yourself as well once you realise that they have forgiven you, if that makes sense. How to feel like, how to deal with feeling like you're not living your life to the fullest? I think that's kind of like related to the regret one as well, because it's dealing with the regret of thinking that you're going to regret this time of your life. But I think... If you don't feel like you're living your life to the fullest, I think there's kind of two ways to look about it. If you're doing it by personal choice and you want to start, then it's just putting yourself out there. I've joined like so many group chats for girls in London who want to meet up. 
and I'm just going to go to them and meet people. And it's going to be exciting and I might not enjoy it. And if I don't enjoy it, guess what? I can leave. It's okay. And I think it's also another thing is like clarifying what do you mean living your life to the fullest? Because my living my life to my fullest is going to be different to yours. That's okay. We're all individuals and my dream life isn't going to be your dream life. But it's important on getting clear on what your dream life is so that you can make sure you prioritise things that feed into that narrative. And then once you are clear on those different things that you really want to be doing, then you can start doing those things and then you can start to feel like you are living your life to your fullest. I didn't feel like I was last year. I didn't feel like I was doing anything last year. And now I'm starting to do things and I'm accepting I'm going to have less money. I'm not going to be, I'm probably going to be a bit more tired. I'm not going to have as much time to myself, but that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to take because I'm feeling so much happier in doing those things. So I think living with the idea that you're not living your life to the fullest, I think it depends if you want to change it. First off, realising that right now, maybe you can't change anything and this is just what the period of life that you need is. You need a more boring kind of monotonous day to day because you're working on something something good is coming I think dealing with that thinking about the end goal but then also getting clear on what you want your life to be and making decisions that yeah feed into that narrative okay let's do one more from this what did you study at university and what's the specialization of your master's so I did medical microbiology at undergrad um and I did my dissertation on this is properly very nerdy but I'm gonna tell you anyway I'm gonna what did I do it on here we go I did it on the an investigation into the conservation of specific prokaryotic tRNA intermediates in the eukaryotic ATS ribosome so yes it was intense but I did it on that and then right now I'm doing my master's in the control of infectious diseases at London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and I'm doing my dissertation on the impact of climate change, um, climatic variables, temperature and precipitation on dengue incidents in the Meta District of Columbia over a six-year period so it's a trend analysis where I'm looking at how climate change is impacting dengue incidents so then it can help um, the Colombian government in their outbreak preparedness and in their pandemic response program so that's what I'm doing and that's where I'll be going soon which is exciting if it all works out and if it all goes to plan hopefully it will all go to plan and I can do some podcasts from Colombia that would be exciting okay now let's go to some anonymous questions I am oh did I not do it oh I did do it there we go do you want kids eventually yes I do not yet though not for a good six years seven years 30. I've kind of picked two ages. 28, I think I want to get married if I want to get married. Or 28 is when, like, I want to be in, like, a serious committed relationship, I guess. And then 30 is when I want to have kids, you know? I feel like my mum had me at 30, and I can now see why. I always used to want to have kids really young, because I thought my mum was so old having me, but I'm now realising I am not ready to have a child at all. Um... I could not provide them a good life right now. So, but I think by 30, 30, I hopefully should be in a position where I can and that's what I want to do. Do you love your life? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm happy. I don't want to get emotional, but I'm really happy. And I haven't felt this happy in a long time. And I feel like there's really good people around me and I feel like I am on track. And even though I don't really know where the track's going, guys, I have no clue what I'm going to end up doing. I am happy. 
I'm really, really happy and I'm very grateful, especially for all of you guys here. Like, I feel like the podcast has given me such a meaning to my life and I'm very grateful for that. It's got me out of some tricky situations, like not tricky situations, it's got me out of some hard places, speaking to my mum about it and she was like, the podcast has really gotten you through, like, I, like it, it's really helped. And I was like, yeah, I don't feel like they realise how much the podcast has helped me. Like, I do this as much, I know you guys all enjoy it, but it's been huge in making me okay in making me really enjoy my life no I don't want to cry we're not gonna cry but I'm very grateful for it and yeah I am happy um let me take two more how do you get over regrets doubts after having broken up with someone Hmm. roast tinted glasses you always think it's better after the situation has happened you can't remember how bad it was in the actual moment. So I think it's having a bit of a reality check. Have a proper chat with a friend and sit them down and say, I'm having regrets about it, but I don't think I should be. Can you tell me realistically what the relationship was like? And then they'll tell you. All of a sudden you'll remember things that you don't remember before. And all of a sudden you realise it was not as good as you think it was. And then you realise, oh, I'm glad that we broke up because no, we weren't meant to be together. And I think that's how you get over the doubts. Write a list. I used to have a list on my phone. Whenever I started like getting sad about the breakup, I had a list on my phone of all the shit reasons why we didn't work, why it was a bad relationship. And I'd look at those and I'd be humbled. And then I'd realise, no, 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 we can't be back together. It, no, it cannot happen. How do you feel about COVID? Um, I don't really know what this question means right now because I feel like COVID's kind of gone. Maybe, how do you feel about COVID? Like right now? Like, I just feel like it's part of everyday life now. It's like the common cold, isn't it? It's just kind of gone into everyday life. Um, hmm. feel like I can't answer this question properly because I'm not exactly sure what it means. So please repeat it again next week and then I can answer it a better answer. Okay, let's do one more. What's the meaning of life? That's a nice question. There's this audio where it's like the meaning of life is just being alive. And that's what I think it is. I think that's what the meaning of life is. I think it's the day-to-day, the ordinary monotonous tasks. It's waking up and realising it's a lovely day and realising you have people around you who love you and realising that life is good and that you're happy and you're on a spinning rock and that nothing really matters. I think sometimes we forget that. We make it so much bigger than it needs to be. I just want to have a positive impact. I just want to leave the world knowing that I made a positive difference that my existence positively affected the world around me. That's all I really want. And so, for me, that's what the meaning of life is. That my existence had a positive impact, and sometimes that just means being alive. That means smiling when something makes you happy. That means telling people that you love them. That means complimenting someone's outfit. Being alive is spreading so much love and joy and having a positive impact on those around you so that they realise how special what they're experiencing is. You know? That's what I think the meaning of life is anyway. Anyway, onto the new things I've done this week.